welcome to the Nutrition on a Mission podcast. I'm Dr. James Gieselman, and my co-host is Coach Drew Sands. And together, we bring some of the leading nutritional and healthcare providers, world-class athletes, and exercise and fitness influencers from across the country who incorporate nutrition in either their practices or day-to-day lives. Our guests share with you their stories of what led them to their passion for nutrition and how you can incorporate this into your life. Drew, how's it going? James, I'm doing I'm doing pretty good. I'm I'm excited to um, you know talk with some of these these guests in season two, and you know I think this is you know going to be a, a good talk, and we're going to have some good talks over over the next few weeks. How are you doing? I'm good. I've been catching up on some books lately, uh, getting lots of information. I'm, so I'm right in the middle of of renewing my license, so that's still an ongoing process. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm really finding some fascinating stuff. So, you know, lately it's been all about inflammatory conditions, environmental toxins, um, you know, and how those relate to the body. And so I'm really, really excited to incorporate that into Iowa performance for sure. Definitely. I mean, just incorporating some of the tests that we can run and, you know, how we can, can use that information, you know, with, with patients and clients is, is going to be great. What do you, what do you find it? So the environmental toxins is fascinating to me. You know, it's something that, you know, when I finished uh, chiropractic school back in 2015, it was something that we kind of talked about, but didn't really talk about that much. Um, And what I'm finding is that I am guilty of a lot. I mean, we're talking everything from your household cleaners to, you know, I just sprayed for bugs the other day. So I'm inhaling all, all of that. And what I'm learning is that all these new houses that are being built, right? The amount of chemicals on carpets, on the new paint, on the new furniture, um, they seep into the air. You know, I I just think a lot of people think of the chemicals like jugs of chemicals, jugs of bleach, you know, things like that. And and the environmental toxins just all around. If you live in a farming community like we do, you you worry about runoff from the fields. Right. Um, So we're just bombarded all the time. Yeah. I mean, I think it's crazy. It could be, you know, what we're eating, you know, what, you know, what's just in our, our house and our everyday lives. I think it's, you know, it's very interesting and I'm, I'm really excited for, um, you know, us to learn more about it for, you know, our future business and our, our current endeavors and, you know, even, you know, the, the people at home to, to learn about it and to know what they can and can't do. Right. Well, it, you know, besides the environmental toxins, the other thing that keeps coming up over and over and over again, and it's something that we already knew because, you know, it's why we do a lot of food sensitivity testing and GI map testing, but it's inflammatory conditions. It's the amount of autoimmune and inflammation diseases that are out there. Um, you know, I was reading one stat the other day that it's an $86 billion industry within healthcare and that over 50 million Americans have some sort of autoimmune condition. And I believe it. But, you know, when you see that number and just think about all the conditions that we're treating in, in modern healthcare, it, it's staggering. Yeah, I, I mean, that's, you know, it's some really interesting, um, you know, information. And I think that, you know, that's going to lead us pretty, you know, that's a that topic is going to lead us pretty well into our guest. Oh, it is. You know, I'm really excited about today's guest. So today uh, we're going to have Dr. Lawrence. So, Drew, will you tell us a little bit more about Dr. Lawrence? I sure will. 
Dr. Jean Lawrence is a certified clinical nutritionist, master herbalist, certified functional medicine practitioner, doctor of naturopathy, doctor of naturopathic medicine, has a PhD in natural medicine, and is a diplomate of the American Clinical Board of Nutrition. She is a nationally recognized speaker on the subject of whole food nutrition and teaches her functional medicine techniques to other practitioners around the country. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Lawrence. How are you? I'm great. How are you guys doing? Really good. Yeah, I'm doing great too. Good. Good. I'm glad, I'm glad to be here. Great. Well, we are excited to have you. You know, I've listened to you on a couple other um, of your presentations. You have a ton of knowledge, and I am so excited for the listeners to actually get to hear it. Um, for the listeners who are here, whether you're a provider, whether you're a new grad, whether you are just a patient trying to learn something, I guarantee you're going to walk away from today's podcast learning something. It's I, I always learn something. I make notes. Um, so I'm thrilled to have you here. So just to recap for the listeners, you know, we, we read your bio, um, but just tell us where you are and, and, you know, what do you do? So I practice functional medicine in the small town of Toccoa, Georgia. We're about 90 minutes northeast of Atlanta. Thank goodness. And <laughs> we have uh, a really nice little town. And my husband is a chiropractor. He graduated from Sherman in South Carolina in 1979, and he is still in practice. So he's been doing it a long time. But we work together, which is the ultimate practice to have chiropractic or some other modality like acupuncture or something and functional medicine together. So between the two of us, we have a wonderful time. We love our patients. And we just we just have a lot of fun, but we also get to see a lot of wonderful people and help them to live better lives. That's amazing. You know, that's I think that's what everybody wants, whether they're the patient or whether they're the provider. Um, just how do we live, you know, better lives? And so let's just jump right in because that that's a great segue into the podcast. You know, we got a lot to cover, and, and I can't wait to hear it. So, speaking of practice, so what are some of the things that you see? on a day-to-day -day basis? Like what are some of the big culprits that you may be experiencing? Some of the conditions? The, the main thing that I see, well, first of all, 95% of my patients are women and 95% of them have hormone issues. And they all come in and they'll say, I'll say, well, what can I do for you? And they all say, well, I think that's my thyroid. <laughs> but it's they've had their thyroid checked, you know, so right. to speak, checked. And it's normal. Okay. So I'll say, no, there can be other factors affecting the thyroid and there can be other problems, right? If your adrenals don't work, your thyroid doesn't work. Your liver won't detox. I mean, there's all these things that are connected, but we're just kind of trained to do that. But I used to have a cartoon on my desk that said, I've already diagnosed myself on the internet. I'm just here for a second opinion, which that's what everybody does. You know, they get on Dr. Google and it's like, okay, I have a butt rash. And within three websites, I have a brain tumor. It's like, no, get off of that. You know, <laughs> let, let the professionals handle this. Okay. So right. anyway, but that's mostly what I see. I also see a lot of really complex cases, people with um, mast cell issues and people with POTS and people with um, you know, people with children that are suffering with rashes and, and poor immune systems. And it just depends. I never know what I'm going to see. But a lot of immune issues, 
um, a lot of brain issues going on, but mainly it's affecting their hormones and fatigue is the number one thing that I see in my office. It's just like, I'm just so tired. I'm just so tired. And so, you know, they tell me they don't have two minutes to scramble an egg in the morning, but they can sit in the Starbucks line for 20 minutes. You know, it's like, eat some food. <laughs> right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that, that kind of leads me, you know, I, I kind of want to know a little bit more about, you know, what is the complaints? I I get they're coming in, you know, with, with um, hormone issues. What are, what's their goals out of, um, you know, coming to you? Okay. So if they say, for example, that they're fatigued, we know it could be the thyroid. It can be low cortisol from the adrenals having long-term stress. It can also be low testosterone. It can be just low DHEA, which converts into testosterone. So the most of the complaints that I hear are actually centered around libido issues. They love their partner, but they could care less. Okay. So it's like, whatever. And I asked one woman, I said, so would you rather cut the grass than have relations? And she said, with a pair of scissors, honey. <laughs> she... okay. So I'm seeing, seeing a lot of that. Um, but brain fog, as well. So the main three things that women come in to tell me, fatigue, weight gain, and brain fog. And they want me to fix everything within two weeks. That's what they want. Yeah. That's realistic. Wouldn't that be amazing if you could? <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, if I could... Because it, it took two weeks to get here. If I could turn women into nymphomaniacs overnight, I would be a billionaire. Okay. <laughs> Right. But you know what? There's well, no, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. There's also an emotional component to these things. So yes. if a woman, and let's just be straight up here, okay? Because that's what we're talking about today. If a woman is rushed, that does not work. If a woman is not listened to, that does not work, okay? So she is a crock pot and the man is a microwave. Dang, 30 seconds. Nope. <laughs> Don't work for us. Okay. You got to go slow. You got to cook low and slow. <laughs> low and slow. So that's what I see. But you know what? Most of them, they have also anxiety and depression. And so I talk about what can affect their serotonin levels, what can affect their dopamine levels, because when you have low dopamine, you hate everybody. Okay. It's like... One woman told me at the beginning of the pandemic, she said, this shelter in place thing is the best thing they ever came out with because I hate everybody. <laughs> I thought, well, she James, got low. you must have. Yeah. James, you must low. have low dopamine levels. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yes. I, I'm sure. I'm sure some of my students would definitely think that <laughs> I may have no dopamine if that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> well. You know, you touched base on some really good things there. I mean, I think the first, just on a practical side, I mean, obviously I want to know more about the testing and more about how do I figure out, you know, what those hormones are or what they're looking like. Okay. Okay. So when I travel and speak, then a lot of doctors come up and ask me, what is the future of functional medicine? And I always tell them that it is environmental toxins. And if they are not doing testing for that and focusing on that with their patients, they're missing the boat because not everybody should be put on a detox on mm -hmm. the first visit. They're not ready to do it. What if they've had a cholecystectomy, their gallbladder's gone. 
Okay. They're not going to detox like other people who still have their gallbladder. What if they're not going to the bathroom? What if they're having constipation? They're not ready for detox. Okay. You got to make sure those bowel movements are two brown bananas a day. Okay. That's, That's what I tell patients. They're fully formed. They're a good color and you're not sitting in there scrolling on Twitter. Okay. Just no, you get the urge, you do your thing and you're out. So that's what you want. Anyway. So this is why I ask my patients, for example, what is the source of their water? And they always say to me, well, I drink out of a Berkey. I don't know why every time I talk about how a patient sounds, I do the same voice. I don't even know why I do that. So we do it for students. <laughs> Cause they don't actually sound like that. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Okay. So they'll say, well, I drink out of a Berkey and I'll say, well, I don't really care. You know, what are you showering in? Are you showering in city water, chlorinated water? Um, are you in a chlorinated pool, especially the ending into this time of year, everybody's jumping in the pool or is it a saltwater pool? Um, what is their exposure to chlorine? Are they using bleach? I want to know about the chlorine exposure. I want to know about fluoride exposure because these obviously are affecting the thyroid function. And then people wonder why their hair is falling out and all these other things that go along with having low thyroid. So that's how I kind of get that started. And then I ask about bug sprays and it seems like everybody out there is using a service. Uh, no, no. And especially with children, right? So children that are at the age of crawling and stuff, they're crawling on the floor around the baseboards where these things are sprayed. This stuff is really, really bad. And so I want to know also, besides bug spray, how often, how much, I want to know about weed killer used outside where people are walking, sometimes barefoot or flip-flops or something. One of my patients told me she lived on a golf course area and she walked her dog every morning with flip-flops on at the edge of the golf course. I'm like, uh-uh. Wow. No, we can't have these kind of exposures because they're going right in through the skin. This is why I love to ask people stuff. I had... I had a woman call me, her daughter coming back from a large amusement park was sick, very, very sick and had started to almost have like Tourette's type symptoms and wow. facial tics and all this stuff. And I asked the mom just on an off thing, where is your daughter's bedroom? And she said, it's over the garage. Okay. What does that tell you? Right? So the fumes from all the junk in the garage can go up through the floor space. And this was a big part of her healing was for her to have her bedroom moved to another part of the house. Wow. So I like to ask questions that other doctors may not have time to ask or don't think to ask. And those center around toxic exposures in the home is where usually I start. So I will say what kind of chemicals are you using cleaners, <clears throat> excuse me, in the home, you know, just the normal stuff off the shelf, or are you doing organic types of cleaners? Um, are you spraying your house for bugs? If so, how often? And, um, you know, is it inside or outside? Are you using weed killer in the yard? Or are your neighbors probably using it if it's in a neighborhood that has really close houses? So even if you're not using it, Roundup has a two-mile radius of air, soil, and water. So wow. everybody's getting it from somewhere, Right. So also, where did they grow up? Did they grow up in the country, which doesn't necessarily mean healthy because you can have farmland around you with soybean crops or cotton or corn, and those things are very, very heavily sprayed. And so some people say, well, we had a big garden, but they used seven dust on it. So 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I like to ask those types of questions. If there was crop dusting done or something in their area, did they even spray with DDT? Because I even see people in their later years that grew up with DDT on the farm and it's a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. So some of our listeners are probably, you know, thinking, you know, I use some of these things. What should they be looking out for? You know, what, what should, what should go through their mind through this conversation? So they're think they need to think about what a toxic soup that we live in, right? So they're thinking it's okay if I use name brand everything out there in the grocery store or at a discount store, and it's not so because these these things have can have a cumulative effect. So if the person genetically has detox issues, their body just can't. In other words, they can't. They put their trash in the trash can, but they never roll the can to the street. It never gets picked up. And so the toxins accumulate and accumulate and accumulate. And this is why uh, if someone can live to be 100 and smoke and drink and another person is dead at 20 and it all goes back to the ability to detoxify because everybody's going to have chemical exposures. There's no way to get rid of every single molecule of a chemical out of your body. It it will never happen because as soon as you pump gas or you sit in traffic, you're going to have it again. The point is to increase the person's resilience to toxins, but also to make sure that they are checking what they're using on a daily basis that can be incredibly harmful and we can trace their problems back to using that, that product. So as a provider, you know, what kind of, I mean, I know the, the hormones and the environmental toxins are definitely related. So as a provider, somebody comes to me with, with I would say, maybe some obscure symptoms what are some things that, that I want to order or that you want to order on your patients? And then how do you interpret those and, and make those changes? Okay. So my, my husband taught me that if you listen to the patient long enough, they'll give you the diagnosis. So I, I let them talk while I take a lot of notes. So I'll say, you start telling me your story and I'm just going to make notes and I might interrupt to ask a question, but most of the time... I'm just going to make notes. And then something they say will pop out. And I always ask them when something started too. It started when I moved to Georgia. It started when I got a different job. It started when we moved to a new house. That's when that gives you more clues. Okay. So for hormones, my favorite is the Dutch test, which stands for dried urine test comprehensive hormones. That's what the word Dutch means. It doesn't mean it's done in the Netherlands. (laughs) And I I love to tell patients if they're in my office and I hand them a test kit, I'll say, now this is a dried urine test, right? So I'll say, it's not mine, it's urine. (laughs) That's a good one. Yeah, I'm going to have to start using that one. (laughs) Yeah, it's so fun. Okay, because you know what? People come into your office and I know we were talking briefly, I don't know if it went on there or not, about anxiety and depression. And everybody since the pandemic, it seems, has been dealing with some kind of an emotional issue. Mm-hmm. And I always want to know if they're having that issue because I would not be a holistic practitioner if I didn't address that, right? So we're so focused on get them well physically, but it should be, if you're not well mentally, you will not be well physically. I don't care how healthy you are physically. If you haven't gotten over a trauma or you haven't forgiven somebody, you're not going to be all well. You you can't be Mm -hmm. right. 
I mean, I asked one of my arthritic patients the other day, I said, who haven't you forgiven? They said, wow, that came out of left field. I said, yeah, but I see it all the time. So you can think on that at your leisure, but I'm saying get a clean slate. And I have a counselor that I refer people to that is amazing. So sometimes people just say, you know what? I feel so much better since I dealt with that. So we know that mental stresses affect us physically, right? right? All right. So here's kind of the, with with the Dutch test, this is what I love about the Dutch test. First of all, it's real easy to do at home and you ship it off in a kit with the envelope with a free UPS label on it which is awesome. It's easy for the patient to do. But what I love about it is it not only tells me the sex hormones, it tells me adrenal function. And so let's say the person comes back and they, they're really, really tired. They have no daily cortisol, which helps you to get up and move around. They don't, but their adrenals are fine. Their adrenals are saying we're fine over here. So if a person had run a saliva test that showed low cortisol, what are they going to do? They're going to run in with adrenal support and adrenal glandular support. And they're going to, you know, bury them in that stuff. And they'll be like, I don't need this because the adrenals are saying we're not the problem. Okay. Get our toxins taken care of. So cortisol is like, this is the way I like to explain it. It's our homemade prednisone. Okay. So it's there to dampen any inflammation that we have. But cortisol can be elevated from an infection, a toxin, a food sensitivity, not just mental stress. Because a lot of people will say, you know, actually, I'm in a good place and my relationships are good and I have enough money and I have like love my job. And okay, then what's causing the cortisol? Because when cortisol goes up from inflammation, hormone production goes down. That's what they need to understand. So anything that is going to cause cortisol up, hormone production go down. So now they have a blood test for hormones, which is a waste of time. Okay. Unless you're checking FSH and LH, you know, what's the point? Mm -hmm. And then they'll say, well, they said everything was low and they want to put me on hormone replacement. Well, well, now back up. I'm not against hormone replacement when it's necessary, but there's a reason that you need hormone replacement. What is it? So that's why I like about this test. It's telling me what the adrenals are doing, but also the biggest great thing about this is it tells me if the person can detoxify. So for the practitioners out there, it's telling me if the patient is methylating poorly, methylating normally, or over-methylating. And if they're over-methylating, the liver's flushing out hormones as soon as they're made, and hormone replacement is the worst possible thing you can do. That's just, you have to slow down, you have to slow down over methylation. Well, what is methylation? It's one of the liver detox pathways. Then it goes into transsulfuration and all that. And that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> but, but you know what? That when people understand if my liver can't detoxify properly, that's why they gain weight on a detox. You know, you'll put them on a three-week cleanse and they come back and they say, well, I gained 10 pounds. That is not what you want to hear from somebody. And I know there's doctors out there that are hearing that from their patients. So, yeah, that's one reason I love the Dutch test. It also has a marker called 8-O-H-D-G, which Mm -hmm. actually measures damage to your DNA. So it tells me if you have mitochondrial damage already. And it's incredibly accurate. And that's included on a hormone test. Isn't that amazing? And it also checks levels of dopamine. Okay. So (laughs) if you don't like people, you have scientific proof. 
That's right. You can say, okay, this is why I just want to hurt somebody at random. <laughs> we have a real reason for that now. And especially anemic patients, right? So you need iron and niacin to make dopamine. So if you don't have enough of either one of those, you're not going to like people very much. And then you get depressed or anxious. And then here comes all the medications. And yeah, I like to tell people that nobody has a Prozac deficiency. Isn't that the truth? What about the providers who just do serum hormone testing though? Like, I mean, I know my primary provider back home, I mean, it's a traditional MD and it's just serum blood tests. Like, do they not know about Dutch or is this just, are we just in on something that no one else knows about? I, I, well, it's a secret. <laughs> it's a secret. Okay. Well, this stuff, this, I, I don't even remember how I first heard about it. I think it was at a hormone seminar. Somebody mentioned it and I said, well, I'm going to check it out. And so they have online education that they tell you about how to read the reports and everything. And if you have trouble learning to read the reports, you can. I have doctors that will schedule time with me, send me the patient's report. I'll talk them through it. And they just pay me for my time, usually 30 minutes, to go over the results with them and tell them what to do for the patient, when to retest, if we need to retest, what are we looking at, what are the patterns, because it's like anything else. Once you do that about 10 or 20 times, you've kind of got the gist of it. And then you can do it on your own. But it makes such a huge, huge difference in your outcomes. Uh, serum hormones, the problem with that is if it's a cycling female and she had the test done six months ago, you've got to know what day of her cycle she was on. Okay. Well, who's going to know that unless they get out their little flow app or something and look it up. <laughs> Women don't want to do that. They don't want to fool with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like if I asked my fiance, she would say she she would rather look at her app. <laughs> she loves her app. I never hear the end of her app. No, 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 <laughs> we, no. I, <laughs> no, 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 no. And so they will give you kind of a, a basic day. They want you to do the hormone, the urine test so that they can measure these things adequately, but they also tell you when to cut back on caffeine and, and water because too much water can dilute your hormones. The urine for the hormones won't come out right, or too much caffeine will jack up the cortisol. And then you won't have a true reading of what the adrenals are actually doing. But the main thing I want to okay. see out of that test, how are the adrenals affecting the sex hormone production? So if a woman has three cycles a month, it's because her progesterone is low 99% of the time. And it's because of high cortisol. So is she going through a stressful time? Is her relationship okay? Well, you know, what's going on with that to cause her stress? And so right. I need to see that, right? So I can tell that from the test. I can also tell the pathways that her estrogens are being pushed down by the liver. Are they toxic? Are they healthy? That is huge. That's a huge thing, especially if a woman has breast cancer history in her family or in her own self. She needs to know what's happening with her estrogens. But we don't need to just give up estrogen when a woman goes through menopause either because she needs that for her bone health. She needs that for her brain to work. So, and a hundred other things, protecting her heart. So, no, we, we have the wrong, we have a skewed view of what can be happening. So if a woman has been spraying her house for bugs and she has a lot of toxins, for example, that's inflammatory to your body and it displaces your minerals, but it's very toxic. So the toxicity raises the cortisol. 
So then the cortisol goes up and her hormones go down. And she's like, now I don't really care if I ever see my spouse again without pants on, you know, whatever, just fill in. Listen, you can't make this stuff up that you hear from patients. Am I right? I mean, they're like all over the place. They're just going to straight up. They're just, I say, just tell me what's going on. I mean, (laughs) could you go in depth as to, you know, once you get that test back, what are, you know, are you telling them what to avoid, you know, what maybe they should be intaking? Like what, where do you go once you get that test back? Okay. So if somebody says I can't afford a bunch of testing, cause I'm going to tell you about the toxin testing next. Yeah. And they'll say, the main things I run on all my patients, the biggest two things I run are the Dutch test and a full blood panel. Okay. I want to know if there's anemia going on. So I run a ferritin. I'm not goofing around with hemoglobin and hematocrit even though they're on there, because if you're dehydrated, you can miss anemia. Ferritin is not affected by dehydration, and you've got to have a good picture of that. So let's say it's a cycling female, 35 years old. Her ferritin should be 100. I've seen it as low as two, okay? They can't function. They're, They're completely pure white. They're freezing to death. And the doctor goes, well, you're not anemic. Why don't you live in this body and see what you think? You know, that's what you almost want to say. So (laughs) I want to look for that because that's also affecting the dopamine, anxiety, that kind of thing. I also want to see if they're what their liver is doing. If your liver enzymes are low, which include AST, ALT, and GGT, which is very important liver enzyme. If they're low in the low teens, it's not, I don't care if it's in normal range. You have to remember, we look at things from a functional medicine perspective, Mm -hmm. not from a medical perspective. Okay. One point within range, they're fine. One point out, they're diseased. We know that doesn't make any sense. So if I see really low liver enzymes, they need B6. This is a need for B6. And a lot of medications deplete B6, but without B6 in methylation, you cannot convert homocysteine into glutathione, which detoxifies you from everything. And now the person's like, why can't I detox? Why am I sick all the time? Because those toxins aren't getting moved out of the body. The cortisol continues to go up. The hormones continue to go down. And now they're walking in a health food store buying their own hormones, which I am against. You need direction with something like that. Definitely. Um, Yeah. So I kind of, I actually wanted to switch a little bit. You know, I deal with a lot of athletes, you know, being a coach um, and and with Iowa performance as well. Um, These athletes are trying to, you know, gain muscle. They're trying to lose weight. And I feel like what you're talking about, you know, with this cortisol, these cortisol levels going up, this inflammation that this could really pertain and be kind of cutting edge for athletes as well. Have have you worked with any athletes and what would you, you know, recommend in in that scenario? No, not normally. I don't deal with like Uh, high-end athletes or anything, mostly people that are exercising and they can't get a benefit from it. They're seeing that it's like, I'm working and working and working and nothing happens, right? So we know that DHEA converts into testosterone, but if cortisol is high, that lowers the DHEA production and therefore the testosterone goes down. And then they're put on a testosterone gel and they feel like a Greek god for about three months. And then they start crying and they get man boobs. And then they call the doctor. He goes, well, just take more. No, no. No, because the high cortisol actually increases insulin resistance, which increases the conversion of testosterone into estrogen. And now they're working and working and working and gaining weight. They can't figure this out. 
But what are, what are a lot of athletes doing? They're running down a highway or a street with cars going by. Yep. What's coming out of the cars? And they're breathing in all this exhaust. They think this is healthy. It's not. And their oxygen levels, as you know, have to increase because of the increased load of the exertion. And they're just getting in toxins and toxins and toxins. Then they go play golf and they're breathing in all that junk. Yeah, absolutely. The cortisol is affecting their hormone production and their ability to build lean muscle mass and to look ripped and to look like, you know, like uh, I always ask women if they have a hormone issue, if they can look at a picture of Mark Wahlberg in a Speedo <laughs> and not feel anything, we have a hormone problem. <laughs> yeah. That's the litmus That's test. The That's litmus the litmus test right there. That's well, it. That's it. Or Chris Evans. You know, take your pick. Well, talking about the, the adrenal stress then, I mean, I know I've, ta- I've heard you talk about magnesium and zinc being low with, with some adrenal uh, stress. So, I mean, I'm going to pick on our wrestlers right now, right? So they, during the season, despite all of our best efforts for having a brand new strength conditioning plan and a brand new nutrition plan, right? You're obviously going to have some of the, the wrestlers do what I would describe as unhealthy weight cuts. So we're already stressing the body. So you're not just talking about mental or physical stress, like from a job, right? I mean, the weight cuts right. themselves I've noticed have, have resulted in that. And if you're already depleting your nutrients and not getting the water intake, wouldn't that just amplify the magnesium and zinc issue? Yes, because what's happening is if the body is stressed, say, for example, intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we know that that's very beneficial for creating insulin sensitivity in the cell. But with some people that have a hypoglycemic tendency, it's a nightmare. Now the brain is very stressed. There's not enough glucose. And now the brain is stressed, which is going to make the cortisol do what? Shoot up. Go up again. Yep. That's it. So for some people, intermittent fasting is amazing. Other people, it's a nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare. And they're trying this. They're trying that. Well, I'm going to starve myself. I'm going to do this. No, the body does not function well if it's starving. I mean, it'd be like somebody choking you. Would you do well if you're being choked? It's just, it's not going to work. Yeah. Let's have some common sense back into this arena, please. Or as I like to call it, uncommon sense, because you don't hardly ever hear it. <laughs> so going along that line, though, I mean, are there supplements that you like to recommend? Do you re- do you recommend it like an electrolyte supplement to to your patients who are particularly stressed or yes, anything else? Or or magnesium? Like, okay, let's let's have a case in point for a minute. So when you have an athlete that's overtrained and they have that buildup of lactic acid mm-hmm. in the muscle, well, magnesium and and also alkalizing minerals help to pull that out. But did you know that elevated lactic acid that feels like you've overtrained can actually be coming from an underlying yeast or mold issue? Really? I mean, we live in Iowa, so I'm not surprised on the mold for sure. Yes. But those things can cause the buildup of lactic acid. And now the person feels like they have fibromyalgia all the time. Mm. And they're thinking, no, I got to get back in the gym. I got to get back in the gym. It's like, no, no start to avoid the toxin that you're exposed to, or at least clean something out, you know, but this is why these things can happen. The organic acid test will tell you about those like high oxalates for kidney stones and high lactic acid and all that stuff. It also will tell you if there's mitochondrial damage, 
the, the athlete needs L-carnitine. We know what L-carnitine does in the muscle. It's going to build muscle, right? And also, if the person is not getting enough protein, they can't rebuild muscle. So you would see things on labs like high creatine kinase, high LDH, which is lactate dehydrogenase. You're going to see that muscle loss. And they're working and working and working, but they're tearing down muscle faster than they're rebuilding it. And you have to have acid to break down protein. And then you, if you don't, it becomes ammonia. Then you've got too much ammonia. Now it goes to the, it affects the gut, right? Which is one of the causes of leaky gut is high ammonia levels. And now the leaky gut is perpetuating more inflammation, more cortisol, less hormones to be cut. There you go. It's fascinating. Yeah, it's a vicious cycle. And it is a vicious cycle. I was listening to another podcast this past week, and you know, hopefully we'll have, have this person on as a guest. But what they were saying was, you know, talking about the whole healthcare system, how, how they're going to just treating, treating the symptoms. There was actually a medical school in Florida, and I was talking to Drew about this last night, that actually took out anatomy and physiology out of the curriculum. And now I'm thinking, how do you take anatomy and physiology out of medical school? <laughs> but if you're listening, I mean, if you don't understand the physiology of it, right? If you don't understand how this, you know, something such as the adrenal stress can lead to the liver or could lead to leaky gut, or could, if you don't understand the physiology, well, it's even better to just treat the symptom. Well, here, we'll treat the gut, we'll treat the liver, we'll treat the kidneys. I mean, I'm fascinated. I think physiology, if you just understand physiologically how the body's working, it's amazing. Because in one of your talks, you talked about the high estrogen levels damaging the, the liver, resulting in gallbladder damage and gallstones. And, and just that's it. Fascinating. Isn't it? And this is why I want people, I draw out a lot of pathways when I do a live talk. Okay, I draw out mm -hmm. a lot of pathways. So if the patient, for example, is on a PPI, or an antacid, now the acid, or they have H. pylori infection, okay, mm -hmm. which is one of the number one reasons for thyroid autoimmunity, but it destroys the parietal cells in the stomach that make acid, and now they can't break down their food. But if their cortisol is high, what is that putting them into? Sympathetic dominance, and now the parasympathetics for resting and digesting do not work, and now the person can't digest their food, so it's like eating a tree, and tell the body to break it down into slivers and splinters. It's a lot of work, right? So now they don't break it down completely. Now we have the ammonia. We have the leaky gut. Now we have autoimmune disease. And then here come the immunosuppressants. And then here comes the cancer. And we know that's what happens. Let's just be honest about it. That's what happens. But come on. What are, what are the other issues that can be causing this problem? But digestion is always the best place to start. You can be eating really clean protein, but if you're not absorbing and assimilating those nutrients, what is the point? So that, you know, if, if I was a listener, you know, that didn't have a bunch of nutrition knowledge, that sounds like a lot. Could you, you know, go back and just, you know, what is, you know, what do these listeners need to take away from this? What do, what do they need to be doing to really, you know, impact their health and, and really use this information? Okay. So there behind me, you can see a chart that says the digestive system and every new patient gets that talk. I don't care what their profession is. I have doctors as patients. I have nurse practitioners as patients. They don't know this. 
I don't know if they were off school that week or what, but we're going through it because if someone's just starting out in this, they need to know how to help their patients and they don't know where to start, start with digestion. <clears throat> so we want the pH or the acidity of the stomach to be high. We want a lot of acid in your stomach. Now, I know what some of you are thinking, well, I have an ulcer, you know, well, it's probably your marriage or something else. And that's a whole nother story. So... <laughs> Okay, but you want to have a lot of acid, which means that the pH has to go down. Just remember that acid would burn a hole in the floor. So the more acid you have, the lower the pH is towards the floor. That's just an easy way to remember that. So some people try an apple cider vinegar challenge. So I want to explain this for people that aren't in the profession, right? So you on an empty stomach, okay, take a teaspoon, not 14 tablespoons or one teaspoon of raw apple cider vinegar. Straight. Don't, no water. Straight. Now, you know, I know what you guys are thinking. Oh, I can't handle it. It's going to burn my throat. Well, it's going to burn for about a half a second, and then it's over. Now, within 30 minutes, you should have this <clears throat> wonderful, warm, fuzzy feeling in your stomach. Like, oh, that feels wonderful. That means that you need more acid. So when you have enough acid, you can absorb calcium, magnesium, iron, B12, copper, and zinc. There's the magnesium and zinc connection right there. So now you're going to break down your proteins. Your food starts moving over towards your gallbladder and the pH should increase. It should be a 4.5. This is normal function we're talking about. Okay. So then it gets more alkaline. This is where sodium bicarbonate is actually released in the body. So it raises the pH at that point, but we don't want that in your stomach. So now the gallbladder is signaled to go squirt, squirt and release bile because it's just hanging out waiting for you to eat. That's what the gallbladder does. Now you can absorb your fat soluble vitamins, vitamin A, vitamin D, E, and K. Then you have normal bowel movements, right? Because bile works like Tide detergent. In the intestines, you're having those beautiful brown bananas every day. That's what you want. Then you know that your body's functioning well. Okay, so that's normal function. I don't see a lot of those people. Here comes dysfunction. The food comes into the stomach. There's not enough acid. Now, as people age, they produce less acid. But here comes the food, and there's not enough acid. H. pylori infection, stress, whatever, just not enough acid. Okay. So they eat their food and it sits there like a bowling ball. It just sits there. And two hours later, there's like, oh, I just feel like I just ate. Though so they don't have enough acid and or enzymes. Okay. So now they, they feel like the food that's sitting there fermenting creates its own acid. They start having reflux and, and uh, heartburn. So they think they have too much acid. They actually don't have enough. Now they take an antacid and Tums with calcium is the biggest oxymoron on the planet because you can't absorb calcium if you take Tums. Who are these people? Okay, so, <laughs> so now the person has taken a Tums <clears throat> and now they don't absorb calcium. <clears throat> Excuse me. So they have foot and leg cramps at night. Oh, those are fun, aren't they? You'd pay 500 bucks to get that fixed. Now they don't absorb magnesium, so their blood pressure stays up. They don't go to the bathroom. They have more they have more fibromyalgia type pains. They don't absorb iron or B12, so they're tired. They don't absorb zinc, which just affects their immune system, their hormone production, all this other stuff. Two hundred functions in the body. If they don't, and they don't absorb copper, which helps anemia. None of that is absorbed. So they're taking beautiful minerals. They're not absorbing them. 
Now the protein doesn't get broken down. Now we have the ammonia, perpetuates leaky gut, affects the kidneys. The blood urea nitrogen on labs is going up because there's too much ammonia, okay? And then becomes urea and all that cycle. But now it keeps moving to the gallbladder because, you know, Americans eat 24 hours a day, so the food has to keep going. But now the pH that was a 4 with an antacid should have been 1.5 is not enough changing to 4.5 to signal the gallbladder to do anything. So now the gallbladder just sits there and gets full of sludge and stones and has to come out. So most patients that have had their gallbladder out have a long history of taking antacids. It's a nightmare. Okay. So now the bile is not squirting out. So now vitamin A goes down. They have night blindness, number one sign of a vitamin A deficiency. They also are infertile. Vitamin A for infertility is huge. Skin issues, all these things, vitamin A not absorbed. Vitamin D goes down. Now their thyroid doesn't work. What? Low vitamin D can raise TSH. If they don't absorb vitamin E, they can't make hormones of vitamin K for blood clotting and deabsorption. Now they have diarrhea, constipation, diarrhea, constipation. And what does the doctor tell them? Take more fiber. Take an antacid. Or they take the gallbladder out and tell them to keep taking an antacid. It's, listen, 30 million Americans take antacids daily. You need some patience? There you go. 30 million of them waiting in line. But that's what's going on. And you need to fix that. So you need to also check your patient for a hiatal hernia. Okay. So what is a hiatal hernia? It's when your stomach gets pushed into the diaphragm. And what are the signs of this? Shortness of breath, heartburn, heart palpitations, indigestion, because the stomach cannot work right. So most people know how to pull down a hiatal hernia that are in the profession. If they don't, they can email me. You guys can give out my email and they can email me and ask me about, and I can send them that information how to pull down a hiatal hernia. Makes a huge difference especially with athletes that are crunching and crunching and crunching. No, no. Stop doing crunches and start lifting weights, okay? Quit goofing around. Let's go. Check out these guns, man. That's what we need. Everybody out there is listening to that. (laughs) Stop messing around. (laughs) Okay. Was that a good enough explanation of digestion? Yeah, that was great. That That was fantastic, Dr. Lawrence. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I sure wish we had enough enough time. I mean, I could keep talking to you, talking to you for hours, um, but we want to be cognizant of your time. So I'm just going to leave with one last question, um, and that is really a, a maybe a two-parter. So for practitioners, you know, new in, in the nutrition field, do you have a piece of advice for them? But on the flip side, for the patients out there who are listening, you know, they may feel exhausted and they may feel like they have reached every possible avenue, just trying to get relief, looking for answers. What do you tell them? Okay. So for the practitioners that are starting out and they don't know what to do, I always recommend that you get some regular functional medicine training as a background, right? So I myself attended functional medicine university. I'm on the medical advisory board of functional medicine university. I love their program. You can do it at your own pace. The price is affordable and it's an, it's a really, really nice education compared to some other programs that are way overpriced and don't teach you very much because those people call me because they've been through those programs and spent enough to buy a house on. Okay. No, you don't need that, but start reading, start reading some really good 
books that are out there about getting into functional medicine and stuff. And if you get a used copy on Amazon, you're not investing tons and tons, but also attend seminars, live seminars, or listen to things like this where functional medicine is being taught and finding the root cause, because that's what it's all about. Thinking and linking. Now, first we have to think that's in short supply these days, right? I love critical thinking. I saw a bumper sticker that said, you know, think it's not illegal yet. Okay. <laughs> People don't want to think for themselves. Please start thinking for yourself and for your patients, but just step back and look at the whole picture and start putting pieces together. This is what I tell the patients too, that they are a thousand piece jigsaw puzzle and their intake forms are only 500 pieces. I need more pieces to see the whole picture. And that's where testing comes in. So you can also listen to online education for test with these testing companies. I speak for Avexia. I speak for Mosaic Diagnostics. Uh, you, there's stuff out there. They have under wonderful speakers. I'm not the only person that speaks. Goodness gracious. There's tons of them. Start listening to that stuff. And if it lights your fire, you know, you're on the right track. Okay. They're done. Now for patients that have tried everything and they can't, they don't know what to do next. Whoever you're seeing is not testing enough stuff on you. Okay. Now I will admit, and I tell other people this, no one practitioner knows everything. They don't. Okay. We all have our levels of expertise in certain areas and stuff, but we all are open to learn learning. That's great. I mean, this has been an absolute treat. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day um, to come join us. And, you know, I, I really, truly am looking forward to the next time we get to do this. Yeah. We really appreciate you hopping on. Before we wrap up, we want to take a minute to talk about the Council on Nutrition. I've been a member of the Council for five years now, and we've actually been published in their peer-reviewed journal, Nutritional Perspectives. The symposium that they put on is one of my favorite things to attend each year, and it's a great asset for getting my continuing education credits, meeting other professionals, and it's great for students and new practitioners like Drew. The Council on Nutrition is available to everybody from practitioners to our listeners and patients. You can find more information about joining and getting access to the annual symposium, publications, events, and more at www.councilonnutrition.com. This episode has also been brought to you in part by Iowa Performance Institute. Are you ready to take control of your health? At Iowa Performance Institute, we believe functional nutrition is the foundation of good health. That's why we offer comprehensive nutritional testing to help you optimize your diet and achieve your wellness goals. Our team of experts will work with you to identify nutrient deficiencies, food sensitivities, environmental toxins, hormonal imbalances, and a variety of other factors that may be impacting your health. With this information, we can create a personalized nutrition plan that meets your unique needs and goals. Invest in your health and schedule your free consultation today at performanceiowa.com. Wow, Drew, it was really good having Dr. Lawrence join us today. Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed, you know, the conversation we just had. And, um, you know, I, I am fascinated about a lot of the stuff we learned. You know, the environmental toxins really, really struck me. I, I hate to say it, but I am guilty of a lot of that. I mean, I, I, you know, spraying around the house for bugs. I mean, we live here in Iowa and it's definitely that time of the year. And then I got a cornfield right behind me. I can, I'm, I'm already imagining when they go and spray the field, how much toxins I'm going to be inhaling every day. You were just talking this morning about the ditch 
flooding right next yeah. to your house, straight from that cornfield. I mean, I guarantee that, you know, it's just loaded with, with toxins and, you know, not to mention, you know, the humidity here, the mold, mm -hmm. you know, I have, if you, if you don't have something in a climate controlled building, I mean, you're going to, you know, you're oh, just going to collect sure. You know, I'm sure I have a mold allergy. I mean, it's not, it's not something that I've ever been tested for. Right. But I am just, I am so sure because, you know, whenever it rains in the house, I mean, you know, here, here where we live, you know, our houses get damp, especially the basements. I mean, it, you know, usually for a couple of days after a good rain, I'm a little stuffy in the nose and I'm doing some sniffling. You know, everyone thinks it's just common allergies outside. It's, it's probably a mold allergy for a lot of people. No kidding. And, you know, I just, I, I couldn't believe it how, you know, how many toxins are around us. You know, I'm, I'm guilty of, you know, which cleaner is best for the shower or for the countertop and, you know, spraying all those chemicals can't be good for me, but you know, I'm, and the I'm guilty of that. Right. Oh my right. gosh. You know, my fiance loves candles and you know, there's I can't a wait for candle her to listen to this. every day. Yep. Right. <laughs> I'm going to tell her if she doesn't need to buy any more candles after, uh, after today's episode. So doctor's orders. Right. Yep. But yeah, so, I'm, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, so for the listeners out there, you know, who are uh, sitting there just probably like us overwhelmed by the, the information. I mean, it was great information. I'm still trying to process it. You know, I'm even looking forward to going back and listening to this again. Like what was like a take home that you, that you have, like, what's the takeaway? Yeah. I mean, I'm fascinated about the pathways and, yeah. you know, all the different branches of how the toxins or the stress or, you know, or this, or this, or this can affect, you know, the cortisol levels, which then maybe affect the weight or the inflammation or, you know, the hormones. It, it's, it's so crazy to me how much it's all interconnected and, yep. you know, nobody has a clue. Not at all. Uh, you know, for me, I think it was as we were listening to Dr. Lawrence, you know, I kept thinking about Iowa Performance Institute. I kept thinking about, you know, how we can benefit our clients and our patients and what does that look like? And for me, the two that really stuck with me was the Dutch test. You know, I think adding in hormone testing and really being able to address that and then being able to address the environmental toxins. I think those are two things that, I mean, we'll probably start incorporating those this week, you know, I'll reach out to the labs and figure out what it takes to become a provider. But um, those are two things that I'm really excited about. So Drew, I hope you have a great week, my man. Um, you know, I'm really looking forward to our next recording. Yeah, me too. Remember, new podcast episodes will be released weekly and we'll drop on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and more every Monday with special behind the scenes clips shared on our social media channels throughout the week. We appreciate everyone tuning in today. This has been Nutrition on a Mission, a podcast from the ACA Council on Nutrition. So make sure you follow us at, on Instagram at Nutrition on a Mission Pod and follow Drew and I at Iowa Performance Institute for updates on all of our guests and episode releases. See you all again next time. The views and comments expressed are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the ACA Council on Nutrition or the American Chiropractic Association.